This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to another Red Sox Hot Stove episode. Tons to get over in this episode. It's probably going to be one of the more loaded episodes we'll have in the coming weeks. Big news of the day. J.D. Martinez has opted in to the final year of his uh, original five-year contract. He'll be making a little over $19 million uh, on this final year. Other big news of the day, Eduardo Rodriguez giving the $18 million qualifying offer. He has 10 days uh, to accept or decline that. If he does decline it and sign someplace else, the Red Sox will get a compensation draft pick, probably, what, somewhere in the 30s or 40s maybe, uh, from the team he does sign for. So, And then some minor stuff. Martin Perez, Garrett Richards, both had their options declined today, so they are officially free agents, as are guys like Adam Ottavino, Hansel Robles, which we knew would be the case regardless. So before we do get started, we have brought in a brand new YouTube crew. There are eight hosts that could be appearing on various episodes, probably only three at a time, but it'll be three of the eight. So that channel on YouTube is going to be very busy in the coming days and weeks. They've already given their reaction to J.D. Martinez And again, that's a separate crew. None of the hosts from this show will be on there, including myself. Different crew, different mindset, so go find the Bastards of Boston YouTube page. Finally, gentlemen, Charlie Smith, Andrew Dwan, are you guys ready? We're running it back. I know. It feels like yesterday (laughs) we were just doing this. I know. I'm kind of... Winters are long, so I, I hope this one's painless. We got the CBA, so it's going to be unique regardless. But um, this is the normal part of uh, the hot stove where the uh, options get declined and, the, and the, the guys opt in, qualifying offers are all dealt out. So let's start with the J.D. Martinez opt-in Charlie, let's start with you. Are you surprised that he decided to opt into his age 34 season? Or did you think he wanted to test the open market? I think that, so I I want to say that I said it was like 60, I was feeling like 60, 65% he was going to resign and he was going to come back um, and not opt out. And the reason for that being is I don't think he wants to be stuck with a team that's only going to offer 15, 16 million. He might not get that much. They saw him tear it up at the beginning of the year and then very quickly kind of fall apart for the lack of a better term. Um, 
he was fire. I remember Andrew had said, you know, we'd be lucky if we got 80% of JD Martinez. And I was like, I'll, I'll take 80% of JD Martinez from, I think, I think if I'm correct, Andrew, at the beginning of the year, you said from 2018, like 2018 version of JD, if we get 80%, that'll be good. And I was like, that's, that's actually, yeah, I, I, I remember holding on to that from the beginning of the year. I was like, 80% is really good. And at the beginning of the year, he was giving us like 110% because it was on fire. He just could do no wrong. I felt like every single game he was getting a double, every single series, a minimum of two, he was doing his job. But towards the middle and end of the season, it was a shadow of his former self in relation to the beginning of the year. And I think had he started off slow and heated up, almost kind of had an inverse of how his season took place, I think this is a, a player that would have, opted out to get uh, a Nelson Cruz type deal, maybe like a, a two for 45 or, or something like that. But I'm not as surprised. And it's only because he cooled off significantly in the second half of the season. But, um, you know, I, I was content with his output. Uh, all things considered, he almost had a hundred RBIs this year. He still hit just a little over 280. He did have 40 doubles. So it's not like he didn't do his job, but he did cool off. Andrew. Yeah, I think I was the most adamant in saying he would be back. I think I was like 90%. I just, from day one, it's not like he insisted on having these opt-outs in the contract. That was pretty much the Red Sox flagging his medical uh, from day one, kind of putting the whole signing into jeopardy, but there was really no other market for him. Uh, if you recall, he wanted $200 million that offseason, and the Red Sox came with by far the largest offer. So I think he has a good thing going. He loves the city. He loves the team and the guys he plays with. So uh, I'm really happy that they have this contract done, um, that they're not going into the offseason with any sort of uncertainty. Their offense is pretty much locked down at this point. Anything else that they add is just bonus. Uh, the only piece that's missing is Kyle Schwarber, but they said that they were in talks with him. I don't, think he's necessary quite frankly at this point um and i do think that we can see pretty much the first half jd if we're not forced to play him in the outfield so much and that's what was happening um during you know the middle and later part of the season they were running him out there a lot uh occasionally you know it used to be once once a series or once every other series and Sometimes it was he was in the outfield pretty much the entire series, and that just breaks guys down, especially at his age. Uh, I I'm happy about it. I I don't think the contract's that bad. I wouldn't be shocked to see him in a uniform the year after if he has a good year, because we know he has the qualifying offer. Um, that's you know unless the CBA gets rid of it. So good for him for getting his money and not having to worry about the business end of it with the lockout. Uh, I'm happy. Um, I've seen a lot of people that seemed a little disappointed on Twitter, which I'm not too sure about. I think people like the shiny new object, but sometimes good old consistency is what it takes to win. I don't hate the idea of JD Martinez coming back next year, but having said that, I'm pretty stunned that he opted in. And the reason I say that is I understand there's risk. There's risk as far as opting in. There's risk as far as opting out. But let's just say this coming season, which will be his age 34 season, let's say he gets hurt halfway through the year. Then what's his market next winter? What if, and now here's another scenario to consider. What if he just has an off year? What if he hits 
255 with 21 home runs and 79 RBIs and his his OBP is about 320. Those are those are serious dips even even after this year with a not so great second half. So he's he has to have a really good year in 2022 to have somewhat of a market next year going into his age 35 season. I think he should I think he should have just went for it really. I mean what's the worst he would have signed for this coming year? And let's say it was a team like, uh, let's say it was the Mariners, for instance. You know, they, they might seek out an upgrade or two this winter. So let's right. say it was the Mariners. I mean, wh- is he going to be making 7 or $8 million? I don't think he's going to take that bad of a hit. No. So no. Uh- maybe 12 or 14 million and 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 that was part of the risk i personally thought if he was unlucky he might see something in the 16 17 range a couple million less but i mean you're you're talking about hitting 250 terry in the month of july the red sox went 12 and 12 in games that he played and he hit like 240 and it was like a shadow like he started the season off he averaged a double he averaged a double the first seven games of the season minimum. He was on fire. He had a double. It felt like every single game. The rest of April and all of May, he had six doubles. So you started to see some, like a little bit of inconsistency there, but you can't put it all on one 34-year-old guy. Like J.D. Martinez is not David Ortiz, but 17 million, two years, 34 million. I could see that three years, 53 million, something like that. Maybe it was 17 plus 17, six. He would have taken a little bit of a hit, but um, depending on how he does this year, we'll see. I, I, I still don't think um, he's going to finish his career as a Red Sox. I'm pretty adamant about that. I don't think he's brought back after uh, 2022. Right. Here's another thing too. He, he didn't have a great second half. But he had a pretty decent postseason, given especially given the fact he lost where second base was and messed his ankle up pretty bad. But I mean, he hit. Let's see. He hit 467 in the ALDS against the Rays. Had a 733 slugging percentage. That's massive. And then uh, not so great in the ALCS. He he hit 235, but he did have a OBP of 435, so 200 points above his batting average. And he hit three home runs and uh, drove in 10 overall. It took Mookie Betts five years to achieve just that. <laughs> so, I mean, he was he was pretty productive in the postseason, and I think there's value there. I think that would have been attractive to teams uh, this winter. So I'm just – I'm pretty stunned that he's going to – He's just going to go into his age 34 season with a one-year deal. Yeah, and if I can say so, I I think this is a great thing for the Red Sox to not tie down the DH spot for, you know, five, six years or whatever Kyle Schwarber wants because he's a limited player and he's not a pure hitter. J.D. Martinez, at his best, was a pure hitter, goes to all fields, doesn't try to hit home runs, but runs into 35 a year. Schwarber kind of lays it all out. He's going to hit at best 250. If I'm going to invest five years in upwards of $100 million at DH, 
I want someone that can do what JD did um, for that for that money. I just don't think an all or nothing guy in this day and age is worth spending six figures on to uh, take a position that you might need down the road with Xander with who knows what's going on with that or Devers who knows what's going on that or if Dahlbeck is you know for real and Cassis is for real you you have a lot of things that could slide into that DH spot uh once this one year deals up if they don't offer uh, QO but obviously that's a question for a different day well with Schwarber real quick you're right I mean he he's not as pure of a hitter. I mean, he did hit 32 home runs this year. So, I mean, there's, there's still power there and he's still probably going to be a high OBP guy, which makes him a bona fide top of the order bat, whether it's first, second, maybe even third at some point. So I still think there's value there. He turns, let's see, 29 in March. So next year will be his age 29 season. So five years younger than JD. Um, I don't think I'd hate to give him five years. I, I could live with a four-year deal. It's tough to tell what his market will be, but but you can play him at first. You can play him in left. He probably DHs. Well, if JD wasn't here, he probably would have DHed probably at least two thirds of his starts. But I wouldn't have hated that either. Charlie, go ahead. Yeah. So for Schwarber, I'll say this much: four years. Uh... I don't know if I'd want to go four on Schwarby. Three years would probably be a cap for me. But um, while he had a great little spell um, hitting almost 300 for us, he was hitting out of his mind when he joined us. He was saved as far as being um, like an on-basis threat by being walked as often as he did and drawing as many walks as he did. He drew more walks as a member of the Red Sox than he did as a member of the Nationals this year. And he played in just a little more than half the games. Like, he drew walks. And I think it was significantly because of that ridiculous month of, uh, I believe it was June for him, when he had, it was like 15 or 16 home runs out of 27 hits. He just went off. It was like every pitch he saw, it was just gold before he got injured. I don't think you see him hit 250 for a regular season. I think the reason why he finished up uh, a little more than 250 was because of his, again, his stint in Boston this year. He's not he's not a crazy hitter. Who's a better hitter, Schwarber or JD Martinez? Martinez. JD. I, yeah. I'll, I'll say this though, JD was a bit of a late bloomer and and Schwarber I'm Fair. not I'm not saying Schwarber's going to reach those heights, but I mean Schwarber's his war was slightly higher than JD's this year. Schwarber had a 3.2, JD was 3 even. So I just I wouldn't have hated it. Uh, is it is a four year deal for a guy like Schwarber ideal? Not necessarily, but it, it's only through his age thirty two season. So. Rodri, so 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 when we're talking about Schwarber, Schwarber's been in the league since was it seven years? Something like that. I think he was in Chicago for five. Um, 2015 was a rookie, I think, and then he missed most of 2016 with an ACL. Came back in the World Series, literally the World Series. So seven years he's been playing. J.D. Martinez figured it out in year four. That's that's my argument there. Where would I if I'm paying J.D. Martinez 19 million? 
you got to make a really good case to pay Schwarber 20 plus. And I don't know if I can, like, I, I'm not shocked that he, he was not content with the amount of money he made. He, he hit almost 30 home runs this year. Or actually, no, he had what? It was 32 for him, right? 32. He had 25 and seven. Yeah. 25 and seven. Um, He's going to get paid some. There's going to be some team that's going to overpay him. They're going to pay him 24, 25, and they're going to try to, give the illusion that he can crack 30 and 100. He's not going to be a 30, 100, 270 hitter. He'll be a 28 to 30, 85 RBI, maybe 240 if you're blessed. If you're in Colorado even, you know, like, I mean, in Colorado, I think he could be actually insane. Um, Balls fly out of there pretty well. Um, I don't know if they have the, it was it the humidor or whatever, just the fact that it's like super high, like 800,000 feet above sea level. Not really. Andrew, what is it? What's cores at in, in Colorado? It's 5280. Yeah, it's it, a it's, mile. It's, it's, it's dumb. Uh, but, uh, I mean, if he were to go to a team like Colorado, I'm sure he would mash. Well, I'll tell you where he's going. Where do you think he's going to go? There's one GM that absolutely loves Kyle Schwarber. Here we go. And it's not very far from Fenway Park. Here we go. Here we go, kids. <laughs> he's going to the Bronx. I don't think oh, the boy. Yankees care much about Luke Voigt at this point. Rizzo's gone. I think he's going to the Bronx. I think we're going to so be you, playing against him. Four and a hundred? Uh, probably four eighty. I I don't I don't think he'll go above twenty. And, and it, it can, him? Or go ahead. Oh, I, I would love it. I mean, it would suck offensively, but think of that defense. Where would you play him? Yeah, Yankees. Well, yeah, they play him at first. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Oh man. Well, they got <laughs> well, rid of Gardner's Greg Bird, gone. Right? Gardner's gone. So I mean, they could play him in left. Well, they have Hicks coming back, right? And they're paying him a ton of money. Well, he'll play, right, but you know, Hicks is Hicks is only going to play six games exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he's always injured. I love. Injured. I would love a guy like Hicks if he was healthy, but it just never works out for him. He'll have Tommy John on his other arm for some reason. I got another player I want to ask about later on if we have time. All right. Any any more thoughts on uh, on JD? I mean, I think we we can all say we don't hate it, but I mean, no, I'm, I'm happy about it. Like I'm okay. Said, it, it leaves you no competition to sign one of these two guys. You have it locked down. No one's driving up the price. And quite frankly, this is one of the best free agent signings um, over the course of its tenure for in Red Sox history. So one thing Dombrowski got right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. For real. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the other big development of the day. Eduardo Rodriguez will get the $18.3 million qualifying offer. I think it is 18 something million. Let's put it that way. So he's got 10 days to decide whether or not he wants to play for that amount of money for one year, or he can reject it and then become a free agent. But his market could be limited because whatever team goes to sign him will have to give the Red Sox a draft pick. So that's why in previous years it's been tough for those qualifying offer guys to sign uh, with teams. So, Andrew, we'll, we'll let you lead off on this one. Like, wh- how do we how do we dissect this? I think we hope he takes it, and I think we hope they can maybe bang out a four-year deal um 
maybe just shy under 20 million. His numbers were so much better than what they led on last year. He was cursed by that defense and his BABIP was like 400. It made no sense. Cause like his hard hit percentage was great. Uh, everything was, all of his numbers were really good. Um, when you get into the grand scheme of things, he just had terrible luck. And this was, he, you know, coming back after a year of what laying in bed and sitting on a couch, not working out, uh, Quite frankly, he probably should have been worse than he, <laughs> his numbers were. So I'm happy about it. Um, I think he takes it. I'm not, you know, willing to bet my life on that because I guarantee he's fielding calls tonight. Why wouldn't you? And you figure this out. You got 10 days. And that, a lot can get done in 10 days, especially by the teams that aren't going to be scared of negotiating before the CBA. And those teams are the ones that want pitching and are willing to spend for it. So watch out for like the Angels giving them a call uh, if they don't think they can get a um, Clint Kershaw or a guy like that. Uh, he's going to be in demand. And if someone meets his price prior to that 10 days, he's gone. Charlie. I, um, I'm not shocked that they gave him the qualifying offer. Uh, he, he did pretty well. I, I can't deny what, what Andrew just said about it. And all things considered after having like a ha ha off year, uh, where we're like, I guess this is it. Like we, we just, we're done with Erod. We're not going to see him again. Like he's got myocarditis and that's it. We had no, um, knowledge on what was going to happen for someone that was suffering from this kind of uh affliction i don't want to call it a, a, a sickness it's not a sickness it's an affliction where you you you're forever changed it was this arguably his second best season in his career if the red sox i mean i remember earlier this year I think all of us were talking about oh you know five years 125 or five years 120 is that a possibility no, because he's not going to sign it. He's going to end up wanting more money. He's going to want closer to $30 million. And then 2021 happened, and it wasn't happening. And slowly but surely, you saw Erod falling apart. And then he picked himself back up, and he fixed it, made the adjustments, had a decent playoff run, had some really good games, did his job in, in ways that some of the other starters were unable to do. Um. I don't know if the Red Sox, because this this qualifying offer is really like a prove it to us deal. I don't think the Red Sox end up working out a deal to get him um, because he's going to want $25 million. He's going to command probably four years, $100 million. And I don't know if I can see myself saying yes, $100 million over the next four years to Erod. If he signs this QO and he agrees to it, because there may be a team out there that is willing to give him 22 25 million a year. If I'm the Red Sox, I'm struggling to consider that. But at the same time, if he signs the QO with a yeah, I want to prove it to you guys that I'm not, you know, I'm not broken, I'm not damaged. That's 176 million of committed money to contracts right now. That's a lot of money. That doesn't leave you a lot of wiggle room. So bringing back somebody like Kyle Schwarber or something like that, it ain't happening. They're going to have to do with what they've got. Before I get my take, Andrew, I think we're at 195 million. Am, am I correct on that? Yeah, if he accepts it, we're going to be at 195. Right. Okay. Oh, so, I thought it was 176. That that might have been coming into today before JD, okay. before Erod. Oh, I forgot, J- I, I forgot JD. Mm. Yeah. Me. So, um, I'm going to get to that in a minute because it's important. But um, 
I was a little bit surprised he took it. I mean, excuse me. I was a little bit surprised the Red Sox offered him the qualifying offer. And it became known in the last week or so that he actually was offered an extension by the Red Sox at some point this year. I'm assuming it was probably around the time Barnes signed his deal. But um, that that's not really known the amount of the contract isn't known and the number of years is not known. I was kind of hoping somebody would ask Bloom about that today. He probably would have shut it down, but I I don't think the beat writers did their job by not uh, asking. So here's where I'm at with this. Do I hate the fact that Erod could come back next year on the qualifying offer? Not really, because you're probably going to end up just having to replace him for around similar money. So... You know, to me, what's the difference if it's him or, you know, Kevin Gosman, who I'd love to have anyway on top of Erod. But um, so but here's where I'm at. This is looking forward as to whether or not he's going to accept this qualifying offer or not. Will the Red Sox increase their offer from whatever it was? So let's say just for argument's sake. Let's say it was a four-year, $60 million deal. That would have been 15 years per. That's what I thought he was worth anyway, coming into the season and even throughout the season. You know, $15 million per year for four years. So let's just say it was that, and he declined it. Are the Red Sox going to be willing to go above that? And, and is the qualifying offer simply like, well, we're just going to attach it to you and, and take the draft pick? And we're resigned to the fact that we're just getting a draft pick. Because I think that's where the situation could be at. Yeah, I think I, I definitely think they're willing to negotiate. I think your line right now is, you know, the 18 million. Because why wouldn't he take that if uh, that's not the case? I think he likes where he's at. I don't think that they have to worry about, you know, another guy coming in and can he pitch in the A at least? Erod's shown time in, time out. He can't, or he can rather. And, that is so beneficial to the Red Sox. We've seen guys come in and just totally fall flat in their face. So, yeah, I, I absolutely think that they're going to, you know, approach him again and increase their offer because it was when they offered Matt Barnes that deal is when they gave uh, Erod his offer. And that's when he was doing not so well. And we saw him kind of finish the season on an okay note. Uh, he did definitely come on a little when he got a better feel for the changeup and the velocity changes. So I I think Erod's kind of in the driver's seat for negotiations. Um, but we're going to have to see how that plays out. Do you guys think, because we saw him struggle during the middle part of the year where he was, I mean, June was just not nice to him at all. He just got cracked and two of those games were against uh, the Yankees. Uh, one was against Tampa Bay. I don't remember if one was against Toronto, but he just—it didn't matter who he got, sh- who he faced. He just got cracked. Do you think that three years and sixty-seven point five, or three years and sixty-nine million, gets it done? I would say so. I mean, that's—I mean, anything over twenty is probably going to get it done. He doesn't have that much mileage on his arm. He's got less than like nine hundred innings as a pro, I think. So, so would you say, would you sign him to 369? I would. I don't, well, I think that AAV gets it done. I don't think the years get it done. I think he's going to want more than that. 
And I think that's it. I think he's going to want more annual and he's going to want a longer contract. If the Red Sox aren't willing to play, I don't think he's willing to stay. So Rick Porcello was a righty, albeit, but he he got a four year, $80 million deal. I mean, without throwing a pitch. Without throwing a pitch, yeah. And it actually was a five-year deal because he had to play his final year of the Detroit deal and then the four years got tacked on. But, right. but I, I mean, Erod's not worth more than that. Anything more than that to me is an overpay. Now, will he get more than that? Possibly. I don't think it would be from the Red Sox, but um, it's just – it's a very intriguing situation, and there's there's been moves before this that make it tough to predict which which way it's going to head. Now, here's something else to consider here. We already kind of touched on it a few minutes ago. The Red Sox payroll is at $195 million. The luxury tax coming into this year, I believe, was 210 So we don't know what the the new CBA is going to be. I think the, I think the luxury tax is still going to be here into the next agreement. I don't think it's going anywhere. So let's, let's bump it up. I'm, I think I'm going to be a little generous with this bump, but let's, let's say, let's say it goes up to 218. Typically it goes up 2 million every year or two. So let's tack on 8 million. That brings it to 218. The Red Sox would have 23 million to spend if they if they're going to try to stay under it. Now you just lost your midseason upgrade, Kyle Schwarber. You lost Ottavino. You lost Robles. You're losing Richards out of the bullpen based on the second half. You're losing Perez. We don't care about that. And I'm going to boldly assume Matt Barnes is not going to be a seven and a half million dollar pitcher. He might be that for about half the season because that's you know what he always is but there's a lot we need to replace here with 23 million I, I so if i want heim bloom to tell me that yeah they might go over a little bit by 10 or 20 million for a year or two <clears throat> then i would be more comfortable but if if we're not going over it because he did say today that there are parameters now maybe maybe that has nothing to do with the luxury tax i don't know but i kind of feel like it does have something to do with it especially when sam kennedy says a couple weeks ago that they're sticking to the plan for 2022 their long-term plan so go ahead charlie i was gonna say this adam Ottavino and garrett richards and martin perez that's addition by subtraction you're not going to get anything more this year from those three if any th- any two of those three guys get re-signed, it's going to be Richards and Ottavino. I don't think Martin Perez is ever going to throw again in the majors. I think he blew his opportunity in game four of the ALCS where I watched him valiantly waving the white flag on the mound. It wasn't happening. There are going to be some cheap options. Like what's Robles getting? I don't even know what he got paid last year. I don't know, maybe a couple million to... Two, a couple million. million. Yeah. You're going to be able to find some players like that, one or two for a couple million to fill the gaps. You're not going to have to commit to big names that are, quote, proven, that believe they can strike out the babe every single time that ends in Y, you know, every day that ends in Y. There are going to be some other options out there. They may not be pretty options, but they're going to cost a fifth as much. And they're probably going to do the same, maybe a little better, maybe a little worse, but that's still going to open. I'm not as pessimistic going into this year as I was 
last year. Like 2021, I was negative Nancy. And I'm going to be a little bit more positive just because we know a little bit more about what these guys can do. They have an extra year of health. Chris Sale will be back. There's a lot to be positive about. Um, I'm curious to see, though, because it's going to be a couple of, huh, guys, I'm sure. At least one of them is going to is going to shock us. Well, you have to well, replace all those guys that I mentioned with quality guys. Yeah, so. let me let me get back into that really quick though. I I don't think that they're really going to worry about the tax as much because they've reset it, and you're only going to have to reset it every few years at this point. And they're going to have a lot of contracts coming off um, next year. And in theory, the farm system is going to be good enough to replace those players at a much lower cost. I mean probably not pitching wise, but offensively. And your gals can have David Price coming off, which is a big one. Um just all that dead money is gone. Uh you're not paying Ben Attendee's contract. Pedroyas is off. Uh so I, I don't think that they're gonna they're always, they don't want to just blow past for the sake of blowing past. If the quality is not there, um it obviously doesn't behoove them to do that, especially when you you could take it to the deadline and then go past it if you if that attractive option is available unlike this year you know they could play around that way so I, i'm not worried about that I, I don't think that's gonna be an issue whatsoever um going forward i don't think that 196 is like oh man we only got 14 million dollars more to work with uh we gotta get a number five starter in three bullpen pieces yeah i i have no concerns regarding the 210 mark well i hope they go above it they could always trade but he, here's the thing if you if you leave yourself, uh, you know, a, a little on the mediocre side going into opening day, you're going to be forced to weaken your farm in, in July. So I'd rather them just get it right this winter so that we have the depth and, you know, theoretically, Casas and Downs could be up by, you know, mid-July. And, and Andrew, you think he's going to – Casas will be up even sooner. So maybe those are your your upgrades in a way offensively, but but go ahead. Well, the uh, the other good thing is even if they do sign one of these major players in free agency, they, they're not losing much in terms of draft capital uh, because they didn't sign their second-round pick this year, and you can't lose that in the compensation system. So they're locked in at pick number 41, and their first-round pick is untouchable because they were under the tax anyways. So they're, they're – going to be inclined to go after it because you can lose a pick in the 70s. That's no problem, uh, especially when you're going to have your first two no matter what. So I don't – like last year, we weren't going to see them lose that. Uh, they weren't going to see them drop down um, in the second. It would have made no sense. So, But this year, uh, they nothing holding them back. You still think uh, Correa is in play? I don't – I mean, maybe not Correa, but just one of the top shortstops I absolutely think they're going to talk to. Especially if Trevor Story's market's looking as dull as it is right now, and the New York Post and I think John Heyman also had him only getting about twenty-two and a half million dollars a year on a five-year deal, which that's chump change, especially for that's a, guy a that bargain. Can solidify that left sale. exactly. I would take um, that. I mean that that would be better than possibly a Schwarber uh, deal, really. I'd be all I'd be all about it, especially. I mean, it, it solidifies your infield as well. You, you're gonna. Have, the best infield in baseball, essentially. He he could be a, like a JD Drew type guy in Fenway. 
despite being an infielder. I, I think he would have that effect. He would have that presence in the lineup. I, I'm so I'm just saying I love story and who doesn't love hashtag story time? It's like it's one of my favorites. But yeah, I just don't want any of the Astros. Like I've been adamant about. I I don't want Carlos Correa. I don't I don't want any of those guys. And honestly, you're starting to see the bad looks starting to hit them. Bregman looked like a shadow of his former self. He had one of the worst playoff runs uh, that the Astros like superstars have had. And I feel like he only had one big hit that uh, it was like an RBI double to right center field. Um, other than that, non-memorable. And Correa couldn't get it done again. You know, I just, oh, God. Oh, they just get me sick to my stomach. I'm, I just think Correa is not going to age well. I, I don't think his 30s are going to be nice to him, especially if he brings in those masseuses or whatever <laughs> that broke his rib uh, mysteriously. But um, I still don't think Bumgarner crashed a dirt bike. I think that was a rodeo thing, a bull riding rodeo thing. But, you know, players lie about injuries. Um, a couple of minor moves. Uh, we don't expect Perez to come back on anything uh, more than a minor league deal at the most. Uh, do we think Richards could be back on maybe a 3 or $4 million deal into the bullpen? I think he wants to start still. Uh, they're experiment. They're already experimenting with the pre-tacked balls. Those made their way down to the AFL yesterday, so we could see some spin rate coming back up. Uh, they use those balls in the KBO and also in Japan, um, so they don't have any of the spider tack issues. So, uh, if he has a showcase and he's got you know his numbers back up, he's a case for a third division starter. Uh, you know, like a Pirates or whatever, and try to rehash some of that value. I don't see him come back. I actually see him coming back as a reliever option only and a spot starter if they absolutely need one because he proved that he cannot start. But he did show some added value in the bullpen. So there were a couple games that kind of stood out. I think it was the one game against the Yankees where he had like, I think it was like four innings, a hit allowed, seven strikeouts. I think that sounds it. I think that was right. Um and it actually kind of woke me up. So when he had that, uh, I was warming up to the idea of him being a potential reliever. But as a starter, no. And he, I believe the buyout for, for Richards was $1.5 million if he didn't um, end up playing this year. And you could resign him for, for $4 or $5 million. You still save $4 or $5 million at the end of it. I mean, didn't they, didn't they do the same thing with Martin Perez? They didn't... Uh, you know, pick up the option. Instead, he was a free agent that re-signed him for like peanuts. Well, they signed I think him they're gonna... about a million less is what they... Was it just a million? I thought like it was like... Maybe a million For some reason, I thought it was more. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a couple million. So my fault on that. Um, but I think Garrett Richards, who was supposed to be making like, what, eight or 10 million this year? He's going to be making half that. So you still save that $4 million one way or the other. Uh, and that's, that's only if you feel like you don't really have that many other options because as a starter, I, I don't like him. Yeah, it, it didn't work out. I think his future is going to be as a reliever anyway. But, uh, I mean, he might, you know, start some games in April, but I, I think he's ultimately going to end up in the pen. That's what happened with the Padres uh, the year before this, and then with the Red Sox it happened. And um, so we'll see. Um, if he ends up being someone else's problem, that's fine. 
who are some notable guys that didn't get the the qualifying offer? Anthony DiScalfani didn't. I don't know if he'll be on the Red Sox radar. He's probably gonna be a I don't know fifteen to twenty million dollar a year guy. Um, there was one more, one other giant, right? Uh, Giants, I don't think so because oh, Brandon God. Belt got it and he was oh, their okay. other big one. Uh, but California wise, Clayton Kershaw. That's a huge, huge. Story. Yeah. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer and they're just going to give all of his money to uh, to Scherzer. Now, I, I assume they're still going to try to work something out. But if he if he walks, that's a that's a big, you know, a big loss for them. He, he He's definitely older and breaking down. But just the history, it's sad to see those guys not. I mean, he was he could have been one of those one uniform guys, which are very rare. I'm wondering Agreed. if he's he, – I mean, he ended the season on the disabled list or injured list. I'm never going to get over that. Um, so ended the season on the injured list. And I'm just wondering if – is he going to need some type of surgery in the offseason that might not have him ready by spring tra- training or even April or May? Uh, I just uh, – his, his future could be somewhat murky. We're talking about Kershaw? Kershaw, yeah. Yeah. Kershaw is going to have a subpar season for the rest of his life. He is going to be attempting his hardest to go 80 miles an hour in third gear. It's just not going to happen. At best, he's a three guy, and he'll be one of the better threes in the game. The problem is he just can't stay healthy, and he's not going to blow you away with a fastball. There's no fastball there anymore. I mean, everybody knows what his out pitch is. Everyone knows why he was so successful for so long. But there's going to be no variety. They're going to be sitting off speed on Kershaw the whole time. This could actually be the next Tim Lincecum, where there's going to be a team that takes a flyer on him and he gets rocked, just absolutely destroyed. Do I see that happening? No, but he's definitely a shadow of his former self. If you get 150 innings out of him, awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, if anyone could reinvent themselves, I do think Kershaw is um, enough of a mechanic to be able to do that. But he's also made $257 million over his career, so it's not like he has to hang around the league. That said, he's still kind of young. He'll he'll be thir- you know just turning 33 at the beginning of next season, or 34 at the beginning of next season. He could give you a surprise year or two. I I hope he stays there. I hope he does well. He's one of the good guys. Um, The one that was even more, you know, kind of more surprising was uh, for the White Sox, Colors Rodon. I mean, talk about him. That was the one I beaten mule. I mean, the College World Series destroyed him and what it could have been. And whoever, if he suckers some team into like a five-year 90 million or whatever mccullers got that that's going to be just like playing with us like a live stick of dynamite throughout the entirety of that contract even after two solid seasons but he fell apart this year he was i don't know i yeah didn't he wasn't he breaking down i know he got hurt again i yeah I, i just he's not a guy i would trust that that arm is just a, you know, a ticking time bomb. Well, he was pitching he, in October, so I, I didn't, I, I wasn't aware that he had that steep of a, a drop off. Kershaw has uh, forearm discomfort, and he's had a, a lot of back issues as well. So, 
I think there's a lot of concerns as far as his overall durability. Uh, another one, if we want to talk about old guys, um, Justin Verlander was offered the qualifying offer today by the Astros. So be interesting. To, I think he has to take it, doesn't he? At 40 years old, 39, 40 years old. He's taking it. He's ta- It's easy money. It's easy money. And, and honestly, he's going to have to... He's going to have to do some sorries. He's going to have to give some apologies out to teammates because he got a free paycheck this year and didn't do diddly. He was one of the players that literally the team was just like, nope, we don't want him here. Like, we we don't want him here at all. Um, I, I'm i curious Kurt, as to what that was for, though. I, I don't think that had anything to do with his contract, but there, there was something in the clubhouse. He Because he didn't show up. They thought – after the heat that went on, um, after the investigation, he ducked out and then skipped the whole entire year so he wouldn't have to uh, deal with it. I mean, we saw Chris Sale hanging out in the dugout before he was even rehabbing. You know, oh, he was know. like, "I just want to be around this team. I want to be on. I want to be around the team." And Verlander's just, you know, hanging out back home doing his own thing. And I mean, I'd be pissed off. Yeah, he, he making thirty-three million dollars a year, and he threw probably just a handful of innings after signing that two-year deal. I don't know. Kind of stupid that they would have offered that. I guess it's a pride thing at this point, but I'm not giving up a, a you know, a, a second round pick. I'll wait. I'll wait him out till June 15th, whenever the deadline is. Right. I think he has to take the money though. Cause he, he would be looking at probably a five to $10 million deal with a bunch of incentives to, to escalate it to probably about 18 million. If he was going to sign with another team. So I guess here, look, I was trying to find this and I couldn't, but I just did. So we'll find out tomorrow. He's thrown in a Cressy sports performance. So essentially he's doing that whole thing that uh, Kluber did last year with the showcase in the exact same spot um, for all the teams to go watch. So that is scheduled for tomorrow. And I guess uh, teams will be in his ear and he might be one of the first ones. We'll know if he's going to take that QO or not. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know if like, even though his, his elbows rebuilt, he could have shoulder issues next year, given his age. So, But he's been a guy who has been durable largely throughout his career. And, Charlie, you mentioned you know, he, he had that $33 million season that you know, he, he had Tommy John. So he, he got paid for, for sitting out. I still, if I was the Astros, would have signed that deal to start with based on his good record of health. That was just, I think, bad luck on their part, and he ended up going down. He's a gamer. I love Justin Verlander. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know you really like him. I love but him. He was an- I know you do. <laughs> uh, but he was another one of those guys, though, Terry, that he seemed to fall apart, and I'm not sure if it's because of his wife or whatever. And then he goes to Houston, and he doesn't pitch as good as he did before. He pitches even better. He was better as an Astro than he was as a Tiger. It's on the tack. That's insane. It's I absolutely believe. I mean, G- Garrett Cole, for example, was whatever in Pittsburgh. He comes he comes over to play in Houston. He's twice as good. Mm-hmm. He's striking three hundred guys out. Like he's just lighting everything away. Just it's it's over. And then he goes to New York, and he's you know not quite as good. He's still pretty good. But he's not great. It's it's a tale of three calls, is is what we saw. Well, we'll yeah, s- and my other big beef with sorry, really quick, Verlander. 
he's the reason that the Red Sox signed Pablo, Pablo Sandoval. Let's not forget that after he rocked him for the two home runs in the world series. And then we signed him after that year. Yeah. That, that, that's the reason Sandoval was a Red Sox and I'll, I'll never forgive him for that one. I, for the record, I mean, I didn't think that deal was going to be bad immediately. I mean, I had concerns for the back end, but it was a five-year deal. He was 27. I just figured it would work out. I figured he'd go to first base. I didn't think he was going to be, you know, at the I buffet the whole time. Yeah, it was terrible. It was oh, a terrible I, deal. I hated it. I also thought the Carl Crawford deal was going to be one of the greatest of all time, and, I, you know, I was wrong on that. I was so excited for that, too, and that, that was a seven. Bummer. Oh, is that seven years, 142? Yes, yeah. Yeah, right about there. And then Gonzalez, same season, got about 10 or 12 more than that. So right. what a what a bad – that was – man, 2011 was supposed to be so much Thank, fun. Thanks, Dodgers. Yeah. Thank you. Well, they did bail us out. Um, all right, so final thoughts, and we'll uh, wrap. I think that we're going to find out a lot. In the next 10 days, I think that the Red Sox could potentially make some noise prior to December 1st shutdown. I mean, I think it's inevitable at this point that we're going to have a lockout. Uh, I think that they can flex their financial muscles if they want and if agents are willing to play uh, before that to give some of these guys some peace of mind. Be like, listen, here's money if you want to have this before the – uncertainty kicks in like if you want this if you want a contract before all this shutdown happens we have it for you so now when you say lockout do you think that's gonna like go beyond opening day i don't i think they'll probably get it done like right before uh spring training or maybe a weekend that that's my prediction i think uh, inevitable lockout spring training um oh they miss a week yeah, because, I, I mean, they lost so much money in 2020. Why would they want to mess with 2022? And I think the owners know that they're going to have to make some concessions this time around. And maybe they're so delusional that they don't think they'll have to. But, you know, common sense should uh, should say that they do. Charlie, final thoughts? Uh, Carlos Rodon is going to have another great year. It's going to lead a team into overpaying him. I hope he doesn't also find his way in New York. That would suck. But just what Andrew said, over I don't even think it's going to take 10 days. I think we're going to find a lot out in the next couple days. Less than a week, we're going to have uh, some questions answered. Um, I'm also curious to see where Clayton Kershaw goes because I don't think it's going to be a Dodger. Yeah, I don't think he's a Dodger next year either. No, I don't think so. And he might have, I mean, he'll have to pass physicals. Like, there's a mountain of things. Here, here's one other hot take, and this will be my final thought. Jake DeGrom has Tommy John by May. It's happening. He He's on the Chris Sale plan. Oh, I can't talk about it. DeGrom. Then, yeah. Well, I can't do this. You already happen. know why. Ugh, I can't do it. He's made of, uh, you know, a cheap clay or something and just breaks, you know during the season anyway let's uh end it before i get myself in any more trouble have a good one we'll hopefully be back uh in the coming days we'll find an excuse to do it everybody have a good week take care